When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. I'm Seb Philpot. And I'm Verity Simmons. And this is Three in a Bar. Hey! Episode nine. It is amazing. And we have got a hotline to Canada this week, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's another, it's a transit land. Have we done any transit? Well, we've, we've the, recorded some transit ones. Have. have we actually, have we put any out yet? No, this is the first one, I oh. think. Oh, right, yeah. So exciting. And yeah. far less delay than you'd expect, isn't there? <laughs> Yeah, it is actually. It's pretty good. Um, so um, who, who have you got this week, Verity? We have got Canadian singer-songwriter Basha Bulat. Yeah, now uh, we've got a uh, biography we found on the internet, which yeah. we're just going to read out um, verbatim. Yeah. Who's it, who's it written by, so we can give some credit? Um, it's by Mark Deming, and he sums her up so beautifully and much more concisely than we ever could manage. So here we go. So here we go. Born Barbara Josephine Boulat in Toronto in 1985, Boulat was raised in suburban oh, Etobicoke. Is that how you say it? Well, um, now you know why I asked you to do the first two paragraphs. Oh. Okay. Etobicoke. Um, I guess it could be Etobicoke. Yeah, I think I'd go with Koki. I like that, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> with a mother who taught piano and guitar. Um, oh, Etobi Koki, just for more uh, facts about that, it was amalgamated <laughs> into Toronto proper in 1998. Ooh! <laughs> so there you go. Um, so back to Bulat. She later resettled in London, Ontario. Now... That's the one where you, when you type London into your phone and it always wants to go to Ontario, doesn't it? It's the one, yeah. The one that might be useful for us. <laughs> um, so you might have seen that before, where she recorded and self-released the EP Basha Bulat in 2005. The following year, producer Howard Billerman, best known for his work with Arcade Fire, now that they're, they're very well known. Absolutely. Great band. Took Bulat and her band into the studio to record her first full-length record, the result, Oh My Darling, caught the ear of esteemed UK label Rough Trade, which released the album in April 2007. 
Before, she had a deal in Canada or the United States. Over to you, Verity, for next paragraph. Okay. British reviews for Oh My Darling were enthusiastic and a tour of England and Europe impressed critics and fans alike. The Canadian independent label Hardwood Records signed Bulat in mid-2007 and released Oh My Darling later in the year. The album fared well in the songwriter's homeland where it was shortlisted for the Polaris Music Prize, an honour sadly it lost to Caribou, and encouraged Bulat to continue touring. She remained on the road for several years, played a slew of international dates while compiling material for her next album, Heart of My Own, which arrived early in 2010. Okay, we're going to carry on, are we? Yeah, we, uh, yeah okay. <laughs> Bulat's home country began to recognise her as a national treasure, inviting her to participate in two sacred Canadian events. An appearance on Hockey Night in Canada, oh, that is massive, um, yeah. in December 2011, and in mid-2012, singing the national anthem at an Ottawa Senators baseball game. In October 2013, she issued her third album, Tall Tall Shadow, her first offering for Secret City Records. After writing a batch of songs inspired by a romance gone sour, Bulat recorded her next full-length album, Good Advice in Kentucky with Jim James producing the sessions. It would be some four years before Bulat returned with her fifth album. Recording sessions started with James at the Joshua Tree and were initially informed by Bulat finding love again. The sessions were then put on hold for nine months while she returned to Montreal after the death of her father and to make sense of the emotional rollercoaster her life had been on. The resulting Are You In Love was finished in 2019 and issued on Secret City in March of 2020. So there we are. There you are. Yeah. You're fully up to date. Yeah. That's a quite a comprehensive uh, biography. <laughs> yeah. But um, do listen so on. <laughs> yeah, carry on. That, that's where we find her now in 2020. Um, but tell us, uh, Verity, you, you worked with her, yeah. uh, didn't you? So how, how, tell us a little bit about that. Well, so that's how I first came to hear of her, actually. We did, um, she came over on a kind of promotional tour which she was going to be doing a full-scale tour. Obviously, this summer, things have changed. She was going to be doing the whole of the USA and Canada and then coming back to Europe at the end of the year. You know, fingers crossed, you never know. Maybe that'll happen. Otherwise, next year, I'm sure. Um, but we, I played with my quartet with her at the Servants Jazz Quarters in Dalston, and it was amazing. Mm. I mean, she's just fantastic. And also, she's just such a lovely, chilled-out person. She came around and rehearsed at our house and, like, you know... She's quite a big oh, nice. deal and she's just really such an amazing musician. And she just rocked up at our house with her guitar. No airs and graces. Blooming lovely. Had a glass <laughs> of wine, played a few tunes. It was a delight. And honestly, I'm a oh, massively converted fan now. Yeah. Yeah, she's brilliant. I mean, her music's so great. Um, I didn't know her before, I have to say. But um, but uh, it was lo so lovely to speak to her. Yeah. And she can play so many different instruments. And we're very lucky at the end of this interview, she uh, she plays us a song. Yeah. So uh, it's a, it's, it was really lovely to watch uh, watch someone play some music. Yeah. And, uh, it's like a real yeah. highlight of lockdown so far for me. It felt like it was a little concert. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> a little exclusive concert for two people. But um, you'll hear it too, listeners. And mm -hmm. um, so there we go. So listen all the way to the end for that. And uh, well, we'll we'll chat to you at the end afterwards. Uh, but for now, uh, here is our conversation with Basha Bulat. So yeah, so how 
how are you doing out there? How are things in Montreal, right? Yeah. Um, well, they're okay. We're all okay. Good. Like, we, Andrew and I are okay. Uh, Montreal is, like, in very, very dire straits. Oh, it's it actually, really? I, th- I think we're the seventh worst in the world now <laughs> as oh. a city. Wow. So yeah, it's been very difficult. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of people getting sick here, yeah. and there's a lot of um, just the response outside of the city has everywhere outside of the city um, is allowed to open up, but it's hard to know what's going to happen here because the city is just getting worse and worse. So oh, it's a little no. scary, but but that's okay. Uh. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's just a bit difficult. It was difficult. snowing there, wasn't it, last week? I'm sure I saw from your Instagram that is it snowing currently or is it changed? No, again? it's just cloudy and rainy today. We finally <laughs> kind of like passed the peak. So in Canada, or at least where I grew up in Canada, like which is in Toronto, even when I was a kid, um, the rule of thumb was like you don't plant until mother, after um, we call it May two four. It's like Victoria Day, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> May twenty four. We call it May two four. So you don't plant until that weekend. Um, oh. because it would be still the chance of frost for most of Canada. Oh, um, wow. It's really cold. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but, I, but it's I, really nice. The flowers are out today. Everything's out now. Oh, lovely. Because yeah. I saw that and for once we were basking in sunshine in London and I couldn't get my head around it because I oh always just God, assume awesome. wherever else in the world there is, is going to be nicer than what we've got here. So yeah, oh, it's very strange. No, it's good. <laughs> it's good that you have sunshine. You deserve it. You deserve oh. it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love the shows you've been doing. They're so great. And had you Thank done you. much um, in the way of live feeds before? Did you do anything kind of... Were you into streaming, so to speak? <laughs> uh, no, no, I never did anything like that before. So it's funny because I'm like in my jam space and we're set up for analog recording to a tape machine. Yeah. Um, but we don't... We're, it's not a broadcast facility. I don't think, I don't think most musicians were set up... No. We spend so much time practicing our instruments... Um, practicing repertoire and things like that but you don't really practice like (laughs) broadcast (laughs) worldwide (laughs) so um so yeah that's definitely new that's definitely new but it's fun like you know I think everybody's kind of understanding of course there's like you want it to sound different you want to be able to this is kind of interesting because we're able to record on a microphone. I mean, who knows? I can't tell how it's going to sound at the end of it all um, over Zoom. But, you know, you're just trying, you're just trying with like everyone. I think our job, like as artists, is to respond to any moment in time that we're in. So you're just trying to rise to meet the occasion however best you can. Um, So, you know, like, of course, it's unfortunate that we had to cancel shows, but it's such a small thing compared to like the larger scheme of this problem. People are, are so... I mean, people are so vulnerable, especially here in Montreal. It it just kind of feels like yeah. I don't mean to say like who cares? I had to cancel the tour. It's it's obviously really heartbreaking to cancel <laughs> the tour, but it's just such a small thing. The, the shows yeah. will go on, like exactly, not just online, but down the down the road too. So it will be yeah, okay. absolutely. Ali. Yeah, it's quite yeah. interesting exploring a new outlet for for performance. Uh, our only way of doing it at the moment is is through social media or or whatever youtube those kind of things um and a, a lot of musicians haven't really ever explored that because it's it's always been about you know releasing full albums or or doing live gigs and our only option at the moment is just doing it online so it's it's quite interesting how people have worked out what to put out and try new things 
Yeah, like, how do you guys feel about that, given, like, coming from a more classical background where there, first yeah. of all, there's, like, a conductor, there's, like, written music, you have to, often you're playing as a group, like, how does that feel when you're <laughs> adapting? Yeah. Like, has it been, has it been fun? Has it been a pain in the ass? Has it been... Well, I think we were thwarted at first. Did you find that as well, Seb? That I just said, like, when we tried to play together via things like Zoom, we tried to get the quartet together. Yeah. It was just yeah, yeah. just a disaster. But you find ways around it. So, I mean, it's been really exciting. It was great today doing that play-along symphony. I just felt like I was finally getting my fingers moving again. I've been doing quartet stuff, but to play a full symphony, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, so cool. What, what we it, did, we everyone was on Zoom but muted and we said play start playing the recording the same recording at exactly a certain time so you know people i think there was probably about a give or take about 30 seconds at points and i kept having to like uh say what figure we were at so because people kept getting lost but uh, <laughs> i kept getting lost actually um but but yeah but you it's it was so amazing just to look up and everyone's furiously scrubbing away at certain points <laughs> yeah. in the big loud bits that's and awesome it, you really felt that connection that we've all been missing you can't um i was I said it you know everyone's sort of talked about you know trying to record on zoom or recording your part and then mixing everything together it takes hours doesn't it and yeah oh, you just can't you can't beat that just an instant thing of playing with someone so today was close to that that's so really cool exciting. Is there a conductor or a metronome that you follow, or is it like just free for no. all? We tried to no, hit play at the same point. <laughs> we tried to hit play at the same point. Yeah, yeah. High tech, high tech, extreme. Oh, that's very <laughs> cool. But I don't know. Maybe maybe there is an online metronome we could all follow, an all online click track. <laughs> yeah, well, That'd that's the really thing. Nice. Like. <laughs> I do think like that. Also, the technology is gonna. Ev- I think in two months from now, a lot of these questions we'll have an answer of like, what are we doing and how do we do it? And right now we're using a lot of technology that was kind of meant more for business meetings or (laughs) like talking (laughs) about quarterly reports. And that's maybe not necessarily ideal for when you're working in the realm of sound, like your, your instrument, you know, you can't help but feel like sometimes like, well, maybe this isn't exactly the way that I've spent my life rehearsing my instrument, you know, especially so much of orchestral recordings also depend on the sound of the room. Yeah. Like, yeah. and like the whole yes. beauty of going to see that's a symphony right. is the room. So yeah. that's a thing that like, I'm, I'm, I was also curious about in terms of like, yeah, is, does it matter? Maybe not. I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, that's an interesting I think thing it might. Because, because we've, um, I've been using, you know, mics and, and starting to record myself and, and getting used to, you know, what I need to do. This, this room is really just like we keep our instruments in here and we practice in here but but i've started recording more in here so i need to know i've started putting up like duvets up and seeing what what difference that makes but you want to kind of i mean as i mean i'm I'm a bit of a novice to be honest on on the recording side of things because i'm you know i perform normally um and so i'm learning these things and i guess the idea is to get it basically as dead as possible and then you can add sort of fake reverbs and make it sound like a big large concert hall and or you yeah. need to just send it off to someone and they do whatever they want with it. Um, so it, it's all just this fake thing. You're, you're trying to make this d- a dead sound, which is not really what we're used to. Yeah. Right, it's, yeah. It's a totally different thing. It, the sound doesn't bloom like like it would in a, a beautiful room. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I'm a trumpet player as well, so that's what you kind of hope for that. And you're pointing right into a microphone and putting all these fake things on it. it doesn't It's not quite the same. Oh, that's so interesting, yeah. And especially like... <laughs> 
Kind of a crash course in engineering, crash course in acoustics, acoustic treatment, you know, exactly. lots of YouTube, yeah. I guess. <laughs> but you've been managing to make the settings of your live streams actually look, it looks beautiful. <laughs> I love the fact yeah, that there's been flowers lovely. involved and everything. It's oh, just well, fantastic. We're like a bunch of, we're just a bunch of weirdos here. So we're in the like, you know, our, our studio space is just a crazy, a crazy art space to begin with so we have a lot of weird stuff that we've been collecting over the years and weird lights and there's great. a great there, yeah there's a flower shop at the just just a block away that um is pretty legendary in the myland i'm in the myland of montreal which is kind of this neighborhood that um historically is at least i would say for the past few decades like known to be more artsy neighborhood and um yeah so there's this there's this florist that's kind of been a legend for many years and she's got the whole building is covered in bird cages and flowers um and so it's just this kind of beautiful space and she's doing she does deliveries now and so I was texting with her daughter and her daughter uh organized like a delivery of all these different flowers by bike just down the road it was really sweet and uh, (laughs) they're gonna be my they're gonna be my set designers for the next little while as long (laughs) as we're here in confinement for sure you got to support the local businesses so (laughs) quite right each other out yeah hey so we were just wondering if we could ask you a bit about the album things i hope you're not completely sad because you must feel like you've just talked constantly about it for the past month or so actually the album is the fun part because i feel like all i've talked about is like this like health crisis oh, and like let's current, move on you know, from that confinement <laughs> it's, so it's like the album's actually the part that I love talking about yeah oh, it's, it's like my baby right so, <laughs> so yeah. you worked I just having a little look and you you worked with Jim James again I saw on this one so you worked previously on your last album with him as well hadn't you and yeah how yeah. important was that for you to work with the same production team and does that is it something you were really keen to do um, I was really into the idea of working with Jim again, specifically in that crew, because we had so much fun working on the last record. Um, we became really good friends and I really trust Jim. Like I really trust his ear. I trust his instincts um, as much as I would trust my own because I've, I've worked on other people's records and I've helped produce other records, but, and I'll probably get to the point. I mean, who knows now that we're here, how much longer we'll be in confinement maybe I'll make something and and self-produce it but I I really appreciate having another perspective of somebody that I really trust and whose music I love so um he's really special as a producer because he's also um a musician a singer like an instrumentalist um an interpreter of other people's songs so he's he's been uh in, in every role pretty much um in that in that side of things so that has always been really valuable. And as a singer, he just is able to kind of sit back and hear things. And then maybe in a way that like he and I care so deeply about like the meaning of a song. And so like the interpretation of a song vocally, but as well as like, hey, why don't we take this song up half a step or yeah down to a different key? Things like that, that maybe if you were just producing yourself, you would be like, I have to do it exactly the way it came to me. Or maybe you get into the habit of changing things around. But it's really nice to have a friend that you can depend on to be your cheerleader as well as to push you kind of out of your comfort zone. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And the whole rest of the band was great. And then I brought in 
Um, Andrew, obviously, who's now my yeah. husband, he was my, my, my partner at the time, and he played a lot of really cool stuff and a lot of friends in Montreal. We did, we, it kind of was a really cool process because we did a lot of the recording in California in Joshua Tree yes. at a studio there. And then I took some of those things and worked on them a little bit in Montreal, added some string parts actually in Montreal. And then, uh, and then did did some did some more vocals and in, in Kentucky and in California, and then there's the record. Yeah, fantastic. And yeah. had you always planned to go and work in Joshua Tree? I remember when when you were over here, we were talking about it. And you were saying what an inspiring experience it was being out there. Was that somewhere you'd always thought I'm going to go and write down there? Well, I didn't know if I was going to write down there, but I certainly knew I wanted to do to at least do a trip down there. Um, but it was something Jim and I had talked about, actually, even for the last record, maybe working on good advice. Um, just We just didn't end up finding a studio, didn't, didn't find the right place. Um, and this time around, we found this really amazing spot called High Des Studios. And um, it's owned by a really lovely couple, this guy Nathan um, Savatino. He's a great producer in his own right. Um, and his wife's an incredible mosaics artist and uh, gallery owner, Colina. And she, they just have this very beautiful energy that they've put all this. You can really tell when someone's put a lot of good vibrations into a place. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it, it was just a really fun time to be able to. Um, it's the complete opposite of how how uh, my daily routine is. I live in a city, yeah. Um, yeah. in an apartment, and this was like, okay, we're in the desert. It's very remote. Uh, there's a lot of distance between <laughs> every building, <laughs> yeah. and it's very quiet. Like the city is really loud. Even even a neighborhood like Mile End in Montreal, there's always people walking all time of night and day. There's always the sound of you know a moped or a truck or the bus, and and this was like silence a lot oh, of the wow. time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's so it was cool. You know, like it's a completely and and I think that kind of silence just makes you listen deeper so yeah. you end up writing just because you're hearing more inside your own head so inspiration came quite quickly for you down there yeah yeah for sure I think and I think when you get kind of amped and you know you're going to go on this journey you kind of are already kind of ready to go kind of yeah were you there with other musicians or, or Jim or, or just on your own yeah we went all we all went down there at the same time so everyone in, in the band I was hoping that I would record all the vocals at the same time and do everything live off the floor. Um, so the whole band was there. We jammed on things. And it was this really cool process because we would start in the day. In the mornings, you'd have your morning to yourself, kind of. We'd meet up around noon. Um, it was kind of like this ritualized thing where you kind of meet up, you start working on a song. Here's this one that I want to work on today. Here's the chords. Here's the arrangement that I'm thinking. We'd kind of jam it out. And then around dinner time and sunset we'd take this break and we'd watch the sunset we'd always make sure we'd have this break to watch the sun go down and that's kind of when all the little bunnies started coming out all the all the desert that seemed so quiet really starts to come alive right as the sun's going down so um with that kind of new energy that we'd always end up getting like an amazing take at night um most of the time that was kind of how it happened but it's so dry in the desert that I my voice everyone was losing their voice like everyone is so dry and the altitude's so high so 
Um, it's a surprise the whole album isn't. Yeah, well, that's why I ended up retracting some of the vocals because, yeah, we were like, this just sounds like we've been eating a lot of dusty salsa all week. So we were, we were, and we wanted to make sure there was still a bit of dusty salsa on the album, but you don't want that to be the only flavor. So, yeah, that was kind of the, the feeling. Yeah. And there's some absolutely beautiful arrangements um, with strings, obviously, but like a whole host of instruments on the album. And are you thinking about that right at the inception? So when you're starting with those songs, did you have in mind that especially like the strings, obviously I'm going to be bound to say that, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> did you have that in mind from the start or was that layering later on? Well, first of all, thank you. Um, <laughs> and um, I think... A little bit of both because I have strings on all my albums because I love them so much. Um, and <laughs> and um, I think um, with this record, we were the idea of when we first went down to Joshua Tree was just to kind of get all the right materials to kind of build a fire. Right. We, it mm-hmm. felt like that musically and a little bit spiritually, too. I didn't have all the lyrics done for some of the songs. So it was once I got down there that things started really coming along and I kind of knew that might happen. Um, and, and some of them I couldn't finish till some of the arrangements were there. And so it felt a little bit more real mm-hmm. once some of the arrangements were there and you kind of respond to that sonically. But the, um, the thing we ended up doing a lot is recording a lot of the actual, uh, the other kind of feature is we ended up recording a lot outside. So the actual like, wind or when there's no wind it's silent it's almost like it's almost like what you're trying to do Seb in your room right now where you're putting all these blankets everywhere so it's completely dead the irony is that it's so dead if you're recording outside and the room is where we had all this reverberant sound in this actual studio (laughs) because there's something for the sound (laughs) to bounce off of um but the the kind of my favorite thing is a lot of the um more ambient recordings, ambient sounds, um, field recordings that we ended up making. And Andrew was a big part of that. Um, Andrew and Jim both had different kind of little field recordings they had made in and out of the desert that we were kind of weaving through. Um, but then some of those, like on a song like Already Forgiven, yeah, there's a lot of strings. And then also the the wind kind of influenced the recording of the strings because we were taking this wind, putting it through a bunch of guitar pedals and things like that and then it kind of started making its own its own melody that we ended up using as I should have given writing credit to the wind to mother nature <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but That's I took it for myself <laughs> good for you you do that <laughs> The musicians that you were recording with, have you, if you worked with them for a long time, have you worked out sort of ways of working, well, of just working well together, I guess? I guess you well, yeah, like, like I each think, other. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the main band, like the house band, so to speak, on this yeah. record is the same as on the previous record. So there is, um, and they're very dear friends. So whether it's a shorthand or just we all kind of have similar we just understand each other's energy and yeah in terms of shorthand it's more like the inside jokes that just you kind of I think that's my favorite part about a studio session is 
is the jokes and especially with that crew I I ha- uh, as much as that, the record is about love, like the record's called Are You In Love? But there's a lot of um, songs about grief as well, because at the same time that I was writing all these love songs, I was also going through um, a lot of, you know, a pretty intense grieving process because my father had passed away at the same time. So uh, making this record that kind of like a lot of intense emotions, you also need to like be able to laugh a lot and like make fun of anything dusty salsa anything you need to make fun of all of that stuff and and not necessarily get to um still maintain some kind of distance from the emotion so that you can you can play it you can can kind of see it for what it is as opposed to necessarily get caught up in it if that makes any sense absolutely does does it did it feel like a kind of cleansing process then writing the album and now performing it as well does it feel like I don't know, some sort of closure in some ways? I wish I could say it does, but it doesn't, no. <laughs> oh, I don't it. think that, I, uh, I don't think it's ever that easy. Like, I don't think that, I don't think even that's why any of us writes music or, or works on art. We're trying to figure something out, but I think there's always, that's why we're, nothing ever feels finished. You always want to make the next thing because yeah. it feels like that's you it. never quite get it right. So you're always going to try again. Yeah. But it's a different it's it's a form of understanding. It's like a part of it, but I'm okay with it not feeling finished. Like life that just means life isn't finished. No, quite great. right. It means that yeah. there's impetus to go on and on and keep going, isn't there? It's great. Yeah. yeah. Creatively, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say because of this closeness you have with your band and with the people you work with. Was it funny when you came over um I know in Europe you were here it was you and Andrew came over together, weren't you? But was it strange leaving the rest of the band behind? Not at all. No, no? squirrel. No, just kidding. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, no, no. They're so sweet. Um, no, because I think that's the thing. Everyone who played in that band also has their own projects. Everybody, and it's a band that um, will probably get together again. They're, they're amazing musicians. My friend mm. Seth has an incredible project called Floating Action. Um, uh, he actually just put out a record a couple weeks ago, and it's brilliant. So I highly recommend it. Um, And it's on Spotify and all that stuff. And, um, you know, and Jim obviously has his own project with My Morning Jacket and his solo projects. And he works on so many people's records and is part of all these different kind of great collaborations. Um, My friend, every single person that worked on this record has their own thing going on. So I think it actually would be impossible for us to tour together long term unless we all had kind of like a, um, a Festival Express or some sort of Rolling Thunder Review style, like everyone, you know, had their yeah. own full band along for the ride as well. And that's kind of the fun part, like, because the songs are always a blueprint, as the way I see it anyway. The songs are a blueprint for um, different interpretations. They're just a house that you can you can build it and paint it in all sorts of different ways, whether you build it with bricks or stone or vinyl siding or 
<laughs> and that sort of leads on to what I was going to ask you actually about working with um, musicians. You were working with different musicians wherever you weren't, weren't you? Like we were lucky yeah. enough to join you in London, and then you had uh, different groups of string players. I know all over Europe. And yeah, was that an in- thank you for hooking me up with some of them. It was ah, amazing. No, no yeah. problem. Anytime. <laughs> How was that? Did you was that um, a calm experience? Was it fine, or did you find it quite hard, like training up different groups of musicians? Was it kind of different wherever you went? Well, I got very spoiled because I got to work with your quartet. So no. everyone already was way more professional than I am and much oh, more prepared. No. <laughs> so that was, that was, it made me look, it made me look so much better than I really <laughs> no, am. No. So I don't have any problem with this. No, no, but truly it's really fun because I think my favorite part about music is collaborating and, and the kind of, um, listening and responding that that's my favorite part is that it's a it's a universal language um that we all understand you know we all understand even if we don't necessarily understand the lyrics there's there's been times where I'll play along I I have a lot of experience with this because I play a lot of folk festivals I don't know if this is like very common in England um at the folk festivals in Canada and certainly in Australia when I've played um there's this kind of idea of song circles or kind of like jam sessions, basically, where you'll have people from all around the world who have never met before, and all of a sudden you're playing music together. Um, and you don't have the even the notes. You don't have the chords. Everyone's like, this song's in E flat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try it. <laughs> like, you know, like, and, yeah. and sometimes it's a train wreck, and sometimes it's uh, the most magical thing that, you could ever imagine. So that part is something that I guess I'm more comfortable throwing myself into those situations, maybe, you know, thanks to my folk festival roots. Um, But also I think that's just, it kind of makes you get to know people in a whole different way very quickly because you're, 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 I don't know, like when you spend your whole life with your instrument, it becomes a part of you. So you get to know people through their playing. Like that was my favorite thing about playing with you and you're playing the cello. It's like, I can feel your spirit when you're playing the cello. Aww. So even though we don't know each other that well, I feel like yeah. I know you yeah. better than I would just like sitting at the pub over a pint or something. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good universal thing to, I mean, I miss that very much. Anyway, let's I know. not worry about that. Let's I know, not, but, <laughs> but it will happen again. <laughs> that's the thing. It will happen again. And I think that's why, like, I'm not concerned in the same way about what will happen with live music. Like, there's going to be some logistical things right now. But we've had live performance for thousands of years. Yeah. Um, through all sorts of uh, ups and downs. And we... I think that's part of what makes us human is this need to be together and respond to one another. And I don't think that just because right now we're doing things online doesn't mean it's going to replace. There's room for both. It can be, it doesn't have to be either or, it can be and. Just might take some time. We have to be patient. Did you grow up playing folk music then? Uh, is that sort of your, no. was that your way in? So no. <laughs> no. What was your, how did you begin begin playing music? What was your first Well, thing? my mom was a piano teacher and a guitar teacher. So she taught at the, at a, um, you know, at a conservatory here um, yeah. in Toronto, I guess I should say. Um, and she studied music at university in Poland. So she came to Canada and was teaching music and things like that. And I started on piano and 
I think I basically like kind of long story short, I didn't realize that I was nearsighted. I just thought I couldn't sight read and I wasn't a good musician. So I kind of quit piano for a while. And then it kind of became more and more obvious that actually, as I was getting like maybe a year later when I was a kid, we realized I was nearsighted. So I <laughs> was, that's why I didn't like taking piano lessons and I didn't like trying to sight read and all these tiny little notes. I couldn't, <laughs> you know, like there was just this, this kind of anxiety every time. You just could time. not see the music. That's all it I, was. No, I, and I would, tr- I would try and play everything by ear. So my mom kind of figured that out when she, there was this moment, I kind of remember where she, cause she wasn't my actual teacher, but I was just, really didn't like practicing I really didn't want to play or if I was playing a piece and she's like that's not really how that goes like where are you making that up like I was very good at making up the piece or something that sounded close enough you know so yeah, yeah. um so that's kind of from I think I think after that I just kind of I don't know I got I got my glasses prescription and I by that point I was old enough that I wanted to play guitar and was getting into rock and roll and all that stuff and and folk singers and stuff like that <laughs> did your your ear must have developed a lot quicker than at an early age possibly if you couldn't rely on your eyes uh, i think so I yeah possibly <laughs> thankfully i mean who knows i know yeah. who knows <laughs> did you did you do did you start on sight reading when you were kids or did you do ear training as well like was that kind of um, I, I remember the first thing I did it was, I just thought of that actually, when you said, because I, when I was five, I had piano lessons and, um, I just hated it. And I, I remember I just would put my foot on the pedals and then the teacher would get angry and I'd be like, how does he know I put my foot on the pedal? Like, <laughs> it sounds the same to me. I could, literally could not tell. And you just get annoyed. And then I quit. I don't think, I think I had like three or four lessons. Um, and then, and then my nan bought me a um a keyboard like a cheap like yamaha keyboard well not you know it's one of the ones that everyone had sort of in the 90s yeah. and um <laughs> and i just played like a it was like a learn to play the keyboard book and i played loads of those tunes it was things like annie's song and uh i don't know just that kind of uh i don't know just all those beginner pieces and yeah. i just suddenly don't know why i just really got into it um i also pl- i played the trumpet as well that but I, I'm just thinking about learning by ear and I really, yeah. on piano, I, I learned much more by ear that way. Um, and I, yeah, so I, I sort of concurrently between the trumpet and, and piano, I really got into it. And then, I don't know, I got, I remember getting obsessed about trying to work out the notes of every melody I, in my head. So I used to walk to the bus stop to school and I didn't have a, like a Walkman. Um, so I would just be singing a song and I would just try and work out all the notes and I think that's weird I mean <laughs> I don't think many people do that but everything was in C major and once I'd mastered that I moved to F major is that that's weird isn't it no no <laughs> that's that's awesome. <laughs> no no it's fine that's anyway, quite so normal I really went surf. into my uh, deep memory there sorry oh, <laughs> anyway good. yeah I develop my ear go on anyway verity t- t- oh t- no t- i was t- just gonna say i think i i was quite good 
I was quite confident about sight reading when I was younger. And it was only as I got older that I lost my, lost my confidence in it. I guess it's um, got more into formal training, and I think that's a real thing. I know we've talked about it with other guests, I think, about this whole thing of uh, that formal training sometimes being a restrictive thing, and I definitely think that's the case. Uh, I think when you're, when you're just playing quite freely and you just sight read things and it feels okay and you think, it doesn't matter if I go wrong, and then when you start analysing things. I remember I had a big period of time from when I started at music college for about 10 years that I was really anxious about sight reading and got quite sort of negative about it. And and at once I stopped worrying so much, it got better again. But yeah, it's wow. funny, isn't it? The, like the, how much we can get in our own heads about it. Mm, totally. It's so crazy. It's funny though, because after all these shows that we got to do, um, now that I'm here, I'm, I actually, I'm trying, that's part of what I'm trying to do. Like since I have all this... Um, more, I guess, time to myself. Yeah. In quotes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to. Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to practice sight reading, basically. So I have all these like kind of beginner pieces, kind of going back to that beginner pieces world, um, and and just trying to. There's one that's like all these kind of Bach like simplified, you know. Yeah. But yeah. I can't. I still catch myself trying to cheat. Because I don't want to just read what's on the page. I'm like, I could play this just so easily if I just played it, heard it, and then I played it. Like, it's like, no, no, you can't cheat. And so that's the part that now I have to try and I'm doing a little bit like every few days just to see how I might get along. And oh, that's very good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see. Maybe by the next time we see each other, I'll be able to play along uh, yes. a little better on the page. That's I won't brilliant. be making it up. <laughs> I mean, it, it does work, doesn't it? I mean, that's always, I think I was sort of taught at, at music college is, uh, I think someone said, like, just try and sight read something every day. Just pick pick something random and play it because that adds an orchestral trumpet player, which is sort of a lot of what I do. That's mostly what you do, isn't it? You sight read you know, you might have one run through and then it's a gig or you're, yeah. you're in a session and you've got to play it for first time perfectly. Um, so it, it does, it does work, doesn't it? <laughs> I think as yeah. a, you, as you, thing, you do you ever worry that they've and, written it wrong? Do you ever worry that there's like been this mistake and everyone's like, that's not how it should go. And you're just like, I'm reading it exactly. Like, how is it written? Like, you know, yeah. like, does that ever happen? Do you get into those situations? Confidently, just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, really, belt it really out. Play it loud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Has that happened though? Like, have people ever like transcribed something and then it's like, oh yeah, you know, Sibelius has gone wrong and like, but you're taking the, you know. Well, I'm going to give you a massive geek alert now because the Bach cello suites, loads of them are transcribed slightly incorrectly because. Bach had those transcribed by his wife as as he wrote them she'd write them down but he she was also looking after like a million children so she's written out all those original scores and there's loads of things like weird slurs a few odd notes and people have this big debate about what's right and what's wrong with them and I love that I think it's so cool that is cool so funny little little CPE Bach running around being a right pain in the arse yeah Yeah. oh my god (laughs) That's crazy. That's so cool. But also classic, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. not only do you have to look after all the children, but you have to transcribe all of my pieces. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> sickening. Absolutely sickening. J.S. Bach just sat in his uh, like mind palace coming up with these gems. <laughs> Get this down. I've just thought of a new one. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. 
really want to ask you about your auto hop because I'm a bit obsessed with it. I think it's oh, amazing. Yeah. What? Well, thank you. I mean, when did you when did you happen upon the auto hop? Okay, well, it's funny because the I actually am looking at I have the, it, it's funny because the auto harp is like the proprietary name of a brand of a maker of oh. what is essentially fretless zithers. Um, and then, so z- there's zithers that are fretted, like kind of like the German zithers that you see, kind of guitar zithers that people will kind of fret and play a little bit and finger pick and stuff. And then there's fretless ones, um, which you'll see sometimes in, you know, more like in the Middle East, there'll be a lot of fretless zithers and people will play them either with finger picking or hammers. And the auto harp is, um, an American invention, basically, that, um, People from Europe coming to the United States, kind of in the Philadelphia area, kind of in the Pennsylvania area, I guess, um, improvising this whole world of hybrid instruments in the late 1800s, early 1900s. So there's a beautiful um, kind of, <laughs> I don't know, I would say family of Frankenstein instruments of that <laughs> era. So I have I have an auto harp, which is this guy Oscar Schmidt way back in, I don't know when he first uh, came up with this idea of auto harp, but it's basically this idea of an automatic harp. And these these instruments were used for church gatherings, when, especially when people couldn't afford to have an organ or a piano or there was no space. Um, so that was kind of the beginning. They, they're kind of like a hybrid between, yeah, like the German zithers, um, <clears throat> the uh, piano and the guitar. <laughs> like they're just everything because I have one called a piano. The one that I played in London is actually called yeah. a pianoette. So that one has a hammer and it also has these levers that play chords. You yeah. know, um, there's I also have one called a ukulele which is a ukulele violin cross. Oh, wow. Um, wow. One of the famous ones is called a marxophone, so you actually play it like a piano, like a typewriter almost, but the hammers, it, the, each key hits all, like kind of a typewriter-piano combination. Yeah. Uh, wow. And they all were they were all really hoping, these were all parlor instruments sold in catalogs, so um, these various different makers were hoping that the, they would all take off and basically be the next... The next big thing, yeah, um, which didn't quite happen, it, but it did slightly because it became a, a bluegrass instrument. Really, a lot of these church gatherings—that's where um, a lot of these instruments ended up kind of traveling through and being really prevalent in a lot of bluegrass and, and folk music. Yeah, um, yeah, in the American kind of American folk music realm. I don't really know how much they made it into like English folk music, basically, except for as a curiosity. But I think there's an English band that ended up being to, the first to use the electric auto harp in the 60s. I can't really quite remember. But if there's... <laughs> I, I have to look it up. I, I have know. to look it up. I, I have know. to look it yeah. up. I'll find out for you. We'll I remember yeah. it. And how did you happen that. upon them? How, what was your first experience? Um, well, the, it's like very prosaic, kind of hilarious beginning. My mom uh, just picked it up at my next door neighbor's garage sale. They were just selling it. Um, I'm looking at it right now. I still have it, and oh, I put it up into it. Yeah, I'll show it to you. I, it's too bad that this isn't like filmed, but I'll show it. Hold on a second. Oh, if I don't knock <laughs> over my maybe we could take a photo. But we could get a screenshot of it. Well, I'll take a few for you so you can see. Oh, thanks. Yeah, right. I have. I was kind of cleaning them all up the other day, so I have some photos from spring cleaning. But this is oh, this is the first one oh, that look. I got. Yeah. 
this one's really cool because it's very light and this one only has um, uh, 15 keys. So it's one of the like kind of simpler ones. I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah? Yeah. There we go. So this one, like you play, this is just with a pick. But it's got that, I'm not using a pickup right now, but um, yeah. I put one in courtesy of Oscar Schmidt still makes auto harps. They're still X. in business after how all these years. So I bought a pickup wow. that I could install on there. It's kind of like a massive electric guitar pickup. And um, yeah, so I love that one a lot. That's it's a beauty. Sweet. Yeah, it's a little light one. And um, they kind of have that kind of what I guess what is so special about them, too, is that they have that very earthly scrubby quality. And then they also sound quite ethereal at the same yeah. time. They can really ring yeah. out. This one is um, this one is mandolin zither. Um, this one's from Germany, uh, and it's yeah. So oh. this one is more like meant wow, to be played like a yeah. This one's amazing. So this it's really one is, ornate. That's gorgeous, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this one I think was I actually I can't tell on the they always kind of I don't know if you can see on the inside here they always have. Um, their decal, like they're they're kind of like trying to explain what it is, just in case in the yeah. sound hall. <laughs> it's a yeah. it's yeah. a feature of these instruments. Like you don't know what this is, well, just take a look inside and it'll tell you. <laughs> um, so yeah, this one is. I don't know if it's actually from Germany or Austria or, um, because the actual um, maybe you can tell me actually. Yeah, instead, of, instead of instead of instead of B, it actually has the letter H. Oh. I, so I don't know B. if it might be instead of the letter so B, of, like because it gives like, you the like scale. Like a musical note. Yeah, no, just the musical, just the letter, just in terms of the oh, alphabet. Yeah, C, C sharp, uh, D sharp, uh, E, F, F sharp, G, G sharp, A, H, C. <laughs> oh yeah, H means uh, B natural. Yeah. So that then that then there we've got, we've solved the B, mystery. B is B flat in German. So, oh, yeah, German, yeah. Okay, perfect. The mystery solved on the there podcast. I love it. Thank there you. So, so I was right. I was go. like, I'm, I'm, the I'm, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and uh, S is what? What's S? That's um, E f E f F E flat E. Oh, one of them. God, I. <laughs> I'm impressed. You know, know that much. Situ. If it said great. trumpet in. Yeah. Something in S. I You'd know, know what, what to means, do. If I was looking at it, but I, thinking about it, I can't think about it now. Right. <laughs> What's this, another one? This one is a left-handed one. Wow. Um, wow. By a different company extras. called uh, Chroma Harp. And I think that this is actually a Japanese, um, I'm actually, I know it's a Japanese company. Um, and so they're quite popular now with a lot of religious music. Yeah. Um, uh, still to this day. So um, yeah. I think that... It's been really interesting when I watch a lot of videos. It's cool to see people from all around the world yeah. using this instrument in different ways. It's kind of like there is no real rules. There's not a long tradition of, okay, this is the way it has to be done. And no one can tell me I'm doing it wrong, which is great. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, as far as that, that's kind of how it all started was just at a garage sale. And uh, I'm just interested in everything, like whether or not it's, um, the, the guitar, the piano, all these different yeah. instruments are different voices and I can't pretend to be proficient at all of them. So I much prefer, you know, if you were playing cello or you're playing trumpets, that, but yeah. <laughs> there's certain <laughs> ones that I think, well, if I can convince myself, I can give it a shot, give it a go, then, um, 
Yeah. Oh, it I might be it might great. be able to make something. It's so nice to have so many different um sounds you can draw on if you're if you're coming up with a new piece of music. And um it's like um well, it's like an artist sort of setting out what colours to use and then to oh needs a bit of that, needs a bit of yellow, a bit of zither or or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, there's so you've got so much to choose from because of well the, the instruments you own, but also the, the ones you can you've you've learned how to play over the years and uh it's uh it's fascinating i mean do, do you find it takes you a while to to decide on what to what to play something on or does it always come quite quickly um it's not really a decision so much as just whatever's around um truthfully because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'll play a lot of songs maybe they'll start on one kind of instrument and then if i'm in the studio and that's not there then okay well we'll play i wrote this on piano but we'll play it on guitar or vice versa, yeah. and just just trying to see how it feels in that moment and on that day. Um, yeah, it's not that calculated. Maybe it should be a little bit more strategic, I but uh, <laughs> it's quite different from composing. You know, I was just gonna say it's like uh, with photography, uh, the 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 um the saying the best camera is the one you have on you. Right. You know, it's just like whatever's around that. And then whatever, whatever inspiration takes you. And then that's just what, what, what you did in the moment. Yeah. Um, so I think that can be applied to music as well. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like the, I don't know, like the, the thing is, it's just like, you can't, you could wait and try to have the perfect, you know, yeah keyboard the perfect microphone i need a symphony for this one yeah exactly exactly and sometimes you do sometimes you might you know if that's what you hear so and and i'm of course i'm interested in that like and and doing things on on a more like grand or say like ambitious scale in terms of people like that would be such a dream come true um and i've and i've been lucky enough to get to play with a symphony at different times in my life and that was incredible but I guess it's just to not get too attached to an idea of like the song can only exist in this one way, which I guess is very yeah. different. I'm I'm in the luxury of I write my own songs and I think maybe the only thing I really need for that is is yeah, the the kind of basic blueprint. Um yes. I don't even need to be the one singing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can be someone else That's and that it. would I... still be fine. <laughs> I think good songs um, can be played on any instruments, can't they? If they're, you can take that song and, and, you know, have it in any any setting whatsoever. It could be sung by anyone. It could be on any instrument. Yeah, I definitely hope that way. With the melody, like melody is like so important to carry that feeling in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The context of a song that's you know, fairly short, fairly rep- has some repetition, things like that. Yes. You know. Do you tend to start off with the melody when you're writing? Um, or is it always just different? It, it really depends on the song. Um, and, like, there's a lot of these little melodies or chord progressions that I have that, you know, maybe I've had for 10 years or some just happen kind of... Everything kind of springs out fully formed. And you're like, oh, hello. Like It's like a little deer that just, like, walks after 30 seconds after being born. And others, <laughs> you're like, okay, I've been... I've been trying to grow this tree for 50 years. <laughs> it's slow. An oak tree takes so long. So there's they all have these like different characteristics. They don't even all feel like they're the same 
creature or belong to the same universe sometimes. But when you're, are you, do you spend a lot of time writing like instrumentally when you're, cause I, I'm always curious about composing for instrumental versus I kind of have the luxury of like, sometimes I'm just writing things, words that come into my head and certain words then will just suggest a melody and certain melodies will suggest words. And then I've got, you know, whatever I've got around me as accompaniment, but I'm always curious about instrumental recordings or instrumental compositions because they, yeah, they require the different elements. They require whether it's length of time or whether it's, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be repetition, obviously. Like, yeah, we were talking about this. And so that's the, almost that hard thing of, of not having enough boundaries sometimes, you know, it's like that thing of the blank page situation and, yeah, I mean, Seb, you write, don't you? You're you you sort of compose a bit. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I mean, I'm not yet. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to start doing it. I, I've I've really like you know most of my career has been focused on just playing the the trumpet and uh, playing as that as well as I can and interpreting other music. But in the last couple of years, I've 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 got something in my mind. I just really want. I really want to start writing some some more stuff. Um, so I do often just spend you know, sit down, I've got this lovely piano, which I got from the school I was teaching in and they were, they were getting new pianos in and they said, Oh, um, does anyone want to get, want a free piano? You just got to pay for the, the transport. So I was like, yes. So good. Yes. yes. And, <laughs> you know, I've got, I've got a, like a, a synth as well here that goes into the computer, but it's just not the same. I can make any sound I want on this, but, but something about this piano and actually it, it's like an old seventies piano and it, it, um, it sounds beautiful. It's really nice. Um, so I just love sitting and playing and, and I do keep coming back to a lot of this, these chord sequences that feel like there's something there. And, um, yeah, it, it, in the last, uh, the last week I've been, I've been really sort of thinking about it again. So I, I think I'm going to, uh, yeah, I, I really want to just start writing some stuff and just, but it, it, it's, it's not a process that I'm used to because, you know, I'm a trumpet player. So it's, that I'm used to doing that. I'm used to like, I know how to practice that and how to get better at that. Um, I've never really written music. So it's a whole new process to me and just working out the, the sort of the workflow of it. And so that it, that that's something which I think I've got now. I think I've worked out what to do. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to work at that. Um, yeah. I'm excited actually about. Listen, let this be the stuff. impetus today to get yeah. you pushed forward. <laughs> <laughs> well it's been recorded it's going to be broadcast internationally yeah come on i've said it i've got to do it now that's it yeah. I've, I've written a jingle the, i wrote the theme tune for this podcast yeah. so that's yeah. oh, amazing I'm, that's on, true. I'm on my way <laughs> yeah 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 it's jolly that's good awesome. as well seb i think it's excellent so <laughs> oh, it's, ah, it's awesome so in the, awesome. the scene in uh, montreal is there a, a big folk kind of scene there and do you find that there's lots of people to bounce ideas off um yeah does it feel like a great artistic community there yeah montreal is very interesting because uh, and part of why i moved here is because artistically it's been where up until my last two records is where i made most of my recordings actually and so much of my creative growth was here even though i was living in toronto and grew up in toronto um i think historically it's a city of poetry it's a city of of art and music i think 
in addition to a lot of the kind of great folk singers that a lot of people know who have come out of Montreal, for example, Leonard Cohen, um, Kate and Anna McGarrigal, um, obviously Rufus Wainwright, Martha Wainwright, yeah. a lot yeah. of these singers. There's, of course, that's just on the Anglophone side of things. And um, the beautiful thing for me is coming from English Canada and moving to French Canada is getting to know this entirely beautiful history of um, French poetry and music and a lot of folk music. There's, it's incredible, this kind of treasure trove of beautiful folk songs. Um, oh, yeah, so it's, it's a big tradition here. Um, and so that's, that's been pretty incredible. Um, but there's also, you know, Montreal Jazz Festival is very huge here. Um, yeah. There's a big, com- big comedy festival here called Just for Laughs. So I yeah, yeah. think it's a, it's a place where a lot of different um, people who work in all sorts of different mediums kind of end up bumping into each other. I think very kindly <laughs> you've offered that you might um, play us something. Is that okay? Would you be happy oh my to God, do that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what I should do. Um, hmm. We've already put you on the spot there. Sorry. No, no, it's good. It's good. I forgot. I forgot. I've just been rambling. I love it. I love these kind of chats where it's just like talking about music. Well, I'm trying to find some way to play something that would tie in to what we've been talking about. Jeez, Louise. Um, (laughs) Those Spice Girls? Joking. No. I know. I know. (laughs) If I wrote it, if I wrote it, I would. Well, let's see. Um, Let me look at... I forgot what's even on my album at this point. It's so funny. Um, Let me think. Uh, Let's play something from the record. Let's play... Oh, let's just do the title track. Why not? Why not? Oh, yeah. Lovely. Why not? Why not? Okay, here we go. First comes your fears Your life turns tears when you shout When you need a name for your doubt You know what's happening When you feel free Something small brings you back to your knees Reminds you of secrets you keep Now that it's happening Could it be like your visions of destiny? Golden sunset you saw on a silver screen Was it all just a trick played by chemistry when there's no other way out? One voice you hear in a crowd, honey, now you, now you're in a love. Who disappears and who did you want to be found? You go where the music is loud. Confusion. Laugh away all of your rules. What would 
and tears when you shout The music goes one, two, three When it happens Oh, and somehow you knew If you let go quarantine setup but not too bad right oh, i thought that was <laughs> totally fantastic thank you so oh, much Basha. oh it's so nice it's nice to see your faces oh and it's yours nice to see your faces <laughs> absolutely that was like going to watch a gig there yeah, it really was. was really <laughs> magical I know, I felt oh, very thank lucky. You. Thank you so, oh. so much. No, and, it's so uh, nice to well, be part of this. Well, I really look forward to seeing you actually in the real life. I know, <laughs> and happy belated birthday again. I'm sorry about oh. your trip, but it seems like it's... Sound, looks like you had a really cool birthday at home. Oh, it was really you. fun. We had a disco, and that's, that's fine. <laughs> I know, that's the thing. That's the It'll thing. happen. It's like, It'll happen. Yeah. We'll go out to New York. It'll happen. <laughs> and when you do, I'll come visit, so it'll be Yay. great. Yeah. <laughs> so are you both in London right now? You're in Leighton. And Seb, are you in London as well? Yeah, I'm in southeast London, yeah. Oh, Forest Hill. okay. Okay, 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 cool. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. nice. I'm glad there's lots of flowers out now. Oh, it's, yeah. it's nice, yeah. I, um, it, there's a lot beautiful blue sky. It's um, I was I was sat in my lounge this morning with the windows open, and it was really quiet. It was so nice. All I could hear was a truck backing up about <laughs> must have been about half a mile away, and Amazing. then a second truck it was like yeah. two truck friends, and then <laughs> yeah, that was it. Really, it was really nice. Was like, I, that sounds oh, almost meditative. Cool. Like yeah, 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 it was. <laughs> Um, I don't know whether this is like the sign of a breakdown or what, but he's been uh, he's been out in the garden filming the birds in in what do you call it where you speed up the action? But he's been filming them time feeding. lapse time lapse. He's been doing time lapse bird feeding. Oh my god, amazing! <laughs> Which is very calming, but also maybe a sign of a bit of a breakdown. <laughs> I have a I have a weird suggestion for those videos. Yeah, <laughs> um, I actually put those videos on on my like whenever I'm just on my laptop with my for my cat uh-huh. and they have millions of views if you put like bird feeder videos for cats you, you could probably generate a little bit of extra no way extra oh. dollars and cents from YouTube on that, that yeah like that's my cat excellent. loves them <laughs> 
I'll send so, one over. <laughs> maybe that's Rob's business thinking. You never know. Maybe he's yeah. like, all right, here we go. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. I've underestimated him there. <laughs> They're quite peaceful videos. Like, I kind of like watching them. I should send yeah. you a picture because there was a day that I put them on and my cat just sat there like a little baby, like in the oh. covers, like under the covers, like with this little paws over his blanket, just like watching <laughs> oh, these so birds sweet. eating at a bird feeder. And I was like, all right, I can go do my thing now. He's just, he's happy. I, he won't great. bother me for a few hours. So <laughs> what if it'll work with the kids too? <laughs> you, you never know. You could try at this point. At this point, anything's worth trying, right? Totally. <laughs> that was basha um thanks so much for her for coming on that was um it was a really lovely conversation yeah wasn't it and i i was a little bit worried at the beginning of the conversation that you like maybe we pitched it wrong i thought because I, we started talking about lockdown well i started talking about lockdown and what she was doing and i i just felt like that was definitely not something she wanted to chat about and fair enough and i'm really glad that we steered off that because she was just so open and happy to chat about everything wasn't she yeah, it, it was nice. She she asked us lots of questions. I I, I went off on one about, about <laughs> my musical beginnings and that, but it was, um, it was nice. Um, nice to reminisce in that. But yeah. It, and that it, song. Oh, it was beautiful, wasn't oh, it? So good. Yeah. I love the fact she just did it. Like no, like no messing around, was there? She just got straight in there. Yeah, she didn't have to go, oh, can I do that bit again? No. Just <laughs> professional. Bang, she did it straight away. Bosh. <laughs> Bosh. How's your week been, Seb? My week? Well, um, it's been nice. I was trying to think before we came on because last week I couldn't remember anything I'd done. <laughs> um, this week, no, yeah, I, I mean, I've just been doing lots of little bits and um, I've, I, I, well, because we've got a baby coming, so I went and picked up loads of baby stuff yesterday. That is so, that was so exciting. Put, put a push chair together last night. <laughs> That's a that's a rite of passage, isn't it? Yeah, well, I was going to say, what sort of IKEA style? Did you have to have one of those Allen keys out? <laughs> no Allen keys. A lot of YouTube videos to, to work out what's going on. Is it a big but, fancy um, vehicle scenario? Yeah, it's huge. Actually. Is it big old bassinet thing? Yes. Um, but yeah, I think I've done it. I don't think it's going to fall apart. <laughs> well done. Test it out with Velcro a in the right cat place. or something. First of all, pop them in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A few bottles of wine, see how they fare. <laughs> yeah, that's probably better. <laughs> did a bit of bit of trumpet playing this week. We did um, we did rack two on Friday, didn't we? Oh, that was great. It was great because I'm I actually managed to get my phone to work at the right moment. So, yeah. was it any fault was my own? <laughs> yeah, but no, it was so brilliant. Do, if, the, well, that is if people haven't heard before. We've started doing this thing every Friday at two o'clock. Um, British summertime. <laughs> if you've got any uh, transatlantic listeners, um, you're welcome to join. Um, yes. But we we pick a different symphony each week and play along together, and we all hit play at exactly two o'clock. And we've got a little Zoom meeting so we can see other people doing the same thing. And um, this week it was um, Rachmaninoff's second symphony. Yeah, complete belter. Oh, it's a brilliant one. Yeah. I'd um, say what this one could have done with a conductor. Yeah. Quite, <laughs> yeah, really good. Quite tricky, especially in the slow bit. Oh, God, just, yeah. Just knowing exactly where the beat is, is yeah. there's a lot of 
I mean, I did a lot of stuff that sounded like that kind of thing. It's really nice. A bit drunk, drunk style playing. Yeah, it was. Um, oh dear. But oh, it's great. It, it's really it. It definitely helps me just have a bit of focus to my practice. Just yeah, having something to aim for each week. So um, yeah, we've got. We haven't actually decided the next week's one. I need to put up a poll. Are there options? I think that, that will. Well, by the time this goes out, I think it will be decided. Oh, but okay. Mm, actually, maybe not. No, because I'll, I'll put a twenty-four-hour poll on it, and it's it's Sunday afternoon now. Oh, you never know. Um, so mm, get in early maybe... before midday Monday for you keen listeners. You can join yeah. in the poll. Yeah. Yeah, you can. It'll be on Twitter. Um, and hmm, I'm thinking might give some options. Maybe some Shostakovich. I was just gonna say Shostakovich. Shostakovich five. Could do five. Yes. That would be amazing. That's, I love that one. Yeah, that that's the one I know most out of all the Shostakovich. Me too. And we've got, I did it at um, school, actually. It was like our leaving concert. And they recorded it professionally and everything in the Wells Cathedral. And it was hilarious because it was all going really well. And then we got to the slow movement and a really, really, really quiet moment. And uh, the bassoonist, like, just totaled his bassoon stand and everything and it 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 will forever live on in this recording which they still put out i'm really glad to say because it it makes me laugh every time i hear it (laughs) was it in the cathedral yeah 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 so can you imagine the reverberation around there reverb yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's amazing um so yeah i'll put that as an option but it might get might not get chosen um there's also things like um scheherazade maybe i mean it doesn't have to be symphonies no or people have recommended some, you know, Strauss. Oh, yeah. You know, or what about Rick the Rite of Spring? The, I mean, the, yeah. That would be that, hard. I mean, that would be good without a conductor, though. Oh, oh. That needs a bit of um, bit of practice, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just it's a bit. The, it's the last page, isn't it? That's the one you just sort of <laughs> yeah. need to... It's all like 5, 8, 4, 3, 8. It's all... It's one of those ones you just have to sort of know in your bones. You can't just sight read that no, one. No, no, no. It's really hard. Uh, maybe we could get a conductor to come and do it. Although, obviously, with delay, that's going to be a slight issue. Well, I don't know. Try it. No. Be. <laughs> Surely someone by now is developing the technology so that there's there's no delay. Oh, no, for goodness sake. They can put a rocket in space. Then, uh, I don't know. Uh, so... That's what I've been doing. What have you been doing apart from apart from that, Verity? Do you know, I had a lovely moment this morning where I was at one with nature, right? We've got... Um, yeah. Rob's just built this new decking at the back of the garden and um, he's mm. calling it a yoga platform. I'm calling it cocktail platform. <laughs> and uh, yeah. But I went out there this morning with the papers and a coffee and a croissant and just sat there and the birds were all coming down off the bird feeder and the little frog jumped out of the pond honestly oh. it was so lovely i felt like so peaceful just reading the sunday papers it was such a joyous moment yeah i think that was the calmest i've been for weeks it was really very good that's brilliant yeah so it's that was nice like this yeah i was sat doing my doing my morning pages this morning and uh had the window open and looking out and it's just this is the perfect weather, isn't it? Yeah, it really. If it is. was like this all year round, it's just blue skies and a lovely gentle breeze. Yeah, the sound of trees and just oh, you know all the all the plants and yeah, there's just some bumblebees going around and oh, know, so nice, isn't it? it? Is. 
Yeah, have a chat to a hedgehog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Of course. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's like the animals of Farthingwood. Oh, it very much is. I felt like uh, I was in some sort of retreat until I heard shouting from the house and had to sort of rush back in. <laughs> 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 that was very nice. And then aside yeah. from that, like, I mean, going out walking, still running. Are you still running as well? I'm finding that very well, helpful. I've got two things. I've got um, my ankle has started to hurt. Oh, no. Um, and I've lost my Bluetooth earphones. Oh, worse. Which is kind of worse. Yeah. Um, not that I, not that I rely on them, but I do like to like listen to stuff as I as I run. Yeah. It makes it a different a different kind of thing when you're, you know, I, I don't mind facing up to my own thoughts in my head, but it's not <laughs> it's not as much fun when you, no. it's like that's all you've got to listen to is your own mind. No, exactly. Um, Especially when it starts going. Oh, I wonder how far. Wonder how far that was. How many? But that's miles? it. Yeah, I, I find it hard to to get into a sort of zen state of just where you kind of get in the zone and you don't really think about the miles you're doing no i find i find if i haven't got any music or or podcasts or anything like that i do you start sort of counting every step and i, I know that obviously that's what like professional athletes do yeah um yeah, really Paula Radcliffe that. did that count to 21 technique, didn't she? That's right. Yeah, I was just thinking yeah, that. Yeah, really good, actually. Very helpful if you're hitting the wall. I mean, yeah. I'm nowhere near a place where I'm <laughs> hitting any kind of wall at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but So, yeah, I, I think I, I haven't been out for a run in a few days now. Mm. I went out on Tuesday. It was a really hot day and I, I just ended up walking a lot yeah oh god yeah. same i know it's hard work it but is hard work I today i might i might go out today yeah i should do i know i'll, I'll enjoy it yeah but i'm just t- trying to take it easy with the old the old ankle no good for you what uh, about, have you been running much or? well yeah i mean yes i'm trying to maintain three a week which is is good yeah, and well, uh good. yesterday was good it was good it was hot but i managed to keep going and i like i put music on yesterday i don't want to drive people away from podcasts because you know that would be really daft wouldn't it (laughs) but I found running to music yesterday was really helpful um it was just yeah because it just kept me going and I kind of switched off from thoughts about Twitter and stuff for a while which is always good yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. no I found it really useful it's nice looking forward to this week I'm gonna go see my mum and dad oh lovely uh, in the week very good that'll be nice for them and me (laughs) (laughs) it'll be so nice for them to get to see me again (laughs) yeah (laughs) man they must have been missing me (laughs) yeah but they they really miss me uh so yeah doing that lovely anything else to plug are you doing any concerts this week Um, things i we are intending on doing one on friday i think i'm being a bit sketchy about it um but i I, you know i'll be it'll be all over the social medias on a stilo string four uh when we do just because we're looking at duet music and trying to find some good things and also thinking about the stage where we can start doing social distance quartet rehearsal maybe like play outside with two other people and things so hoping to make it really exciting again soon and get four of us back together in a distance outdoor fashion yeah how about you guys is that something you could do yeah because you and i was thinking you guys well we can't we can't i mean you're only allowed to meet six people at a time and there's bags of you isn't there there's 10 of us in the band but 
You could do... Um, we could definitely do, you could quartet. do a quartet. Though, couldn't you? Yeah, that's what garden. I'm thinking. And that'd be lovely yeah. and then record some things where all four of us together, because it's lovely doing the duets, but I mean, it's just, it's never going to be as good as the full quartet. So... Yeah. No. Oh, that'd be so nice yeah. to do that. Yeah, it would. Um, but I guess we could start doing... We could play in the garden, but trumpets are, are a bit just a bit loud, aren't they? A bit antisocial. Yeah, you have to pick your hours wisely, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, mm, we... I mean, who knows? In a few weeks, it might it might change again. Yeah, Maybe exactly. We'll, we'll be allowed indoors. Yeah, you know that'd be great. We, you know, at, at a distance. Yeah, nice. And um, and our Spotify playlist is ongoing. So if you fancy having a listen, I listened the other yeah. day again. It's great. Yeah, there's some good good stuff on yeah. there, isn't there? Um, so yeah, we'll add all all the stuff that we mentioned um, in Bashers one, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we'll keep adding to it. So subscribe to that. There's a link below in the description. Yeah, in the show notes. Yeah, um, and yeah, apart from that, um, please um, please uh, sort of if you're enjoying the podcast, um, it'd be so nice if you could uh, just share the podcast in yeah. some way on Twitter or facebook or instagram just um retweet it or anything like that it helps us so much just gets people out there aware of it yeah. and then some more people will listen to it and you know you can always like it on apple or equivalents and uh, and also you know just subscribe yeah. basically <laughs> subscribe and uh review it and rate it yeah. as well that'd be really nice <laughs> five stars is uh, is a nice thing to do it is um so uh well thanks everyone um have a wonderful week and uh we'll be back in your ears next week yes hooray take care Bye. bye When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.